Blog Talk Radio.
It's Ford Championship Weekend, November 16th to the 18th. Three days of fun for the whole family with live music, tailgating, go-kart racing, and so much more. Plus, it's the only place to witness the crowning of three NASCAR champions. Call 866-409-RACE or go to homesteadmiamispeedway.com for tickets. Good evening from Dagger Nation. I'm Tim Spain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. We got a big show planned tonight. We're going to talk about uh, the big media deal at Talladega Super Speedway today. They had the groundbreaking for the uh, for the Turn Three Oversized Tunnel. That's going to be a big deal. Also, we had a lot of breaking news coming out. I know Stephen can can attest to this because Stephen's been right there with it all day, and I've been at the media center there. Senior media center deal there at Day. Let's bring on my good friend, CEO of SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Stephen Wilson, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm tired. I'm really tired tonight. <laughs> tired? What you been doing, brother? Anne Marie hadn't had you out raking leaves or anything yet, has No, I'm still cutting some trees from that storm that we had up this way. I, mean, I, I got, I don't know, there's a, quite a bit out laying around the yard and sticks and, you know, all that kind of brush and shit and... I'm trying to get it all cleaned up. Just do like I do. I'll rake it all up in one big pile, pour some gas on it, sit back and watch it burn, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that'll eventually what's going to happen. But i got to get it all together somewhere. <laughs> that's right, brother. And to let our listeners know, the number to call is 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Spain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. Stephen, you had last Tuesday off. Uh, you had to go on a business trip up there to Charlotte, so you didn't really get to call in after your first trip down here to Dega, brother. And uh, I wish I could have took a picture whenever we drove through that north tunnel. And you, uh, whenever we drove through there, you said, this place is massive, brother. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about your trip down here? Yeah, that place is big. Um, that place is bigger than probably anywhere I've ever been in my life. I've been to Daytona, oh, I don't know, probably around a dozen or so times, maybe a few more than that. And, uh, uh, you know, the sc- uh, the size, the scale, and the mass of it all was just, it's just unbelievable about how much and how big that place actually is. And, you know, I think it's over 3,000-plus acres. Uh, they're one of the only tracks that offer free camping. Uh, there's free camping all around that facility. And uh, I want to thank you and Anne-Marie for coming down. We had a, we, 
we had a great time with y'all and Suzanne and I going to the 1000Buzz.com 500 there. It was it was pretty interesting. We got to go to Media Center. We done our live show there. Uh, went to the press box, and uh, I want to apologize for that little uh, little construction deal they had going on there. I don't know if it was really a construction deal, but uh, my normal route out of the inside of Talladega Super Speedway is to go out where I was going to go out by the Miller Tent there and go to the South Tunnel, which takes you to the press box. Well, undoubtedly, they decided they wanted to use that as a trim deal there, so uh, they uh, they blocked all that off. But, uh, Stephen, we've had a lot of news come out of NASCAR today. We've had uh, uh, the announcement of a new crew chief there for the six for Ryan Newman next year in the 2019 Monster Music NASCAR Cup Series there with uh, Ralph Fenway Racing. We've had, uh, I mean, just to begin, I'm at, uh, I don't know where you want to start. We can start if you want. We can start with this past weekend there at Kansas Speedway. Uh, Chase Elliott won the uh, Hollywood Casino 400 there, and uh, this was a cutoff race also. So, uh, you know, it we we lost uh, to to fall out. But we lost Ryan Blaney. We lost Kyle Larson. We lost Brad Keselowski. We lost Alex Bowman there to uh, points. For this final uh, final eight deal before we go to Homestead Miami Speedway for the Ford Championship Five uh, Ford Championship Weekend that you and I will also be attending. Uh, just want to get your thoughts on that, and I got a little bit of audio too, Stephen, that we can play there and uh, listen to what uh, Chase Elliott had to say in the in the media center. He's uh, he got up on the wheel, brother. He manned that thing at Kansas, and they were they were really turning some fast laps, Stephen. They were going in turns turn one at it, right at 200 plus, and that's getting some yonder, bro. Yeah, I think it was the most interesting part of the day is that uh, Martin Trucks Jr. just did not uh, perform as well as what a lot of people thought he was going to do. Um, he stayed in the uh, top 15 pretty much all day long. He had a couple of visits to the top 10, one or two visits to the top five. But him and his team just didn't perform as well as uh, what they've done in the past. 2017, they won events out there. Um, but you know that that team, you know, they were in danger in multiple multiple times throughout that that race of going out of of uh, you know of, of being out and in not in the round of eight. Um, Brian Blaney at some points when he was leading and running second, he had more points on on Truex and Truex and that team just seemed to not be able to get anything together and put on a performance level that um, shows that they're capable of going all the way to Miami and winning this championship. So they've got some things that they need to change if they are going to go to Miami and they're going to change and they are going to win or, or compete for that second championship. They get the next three races, Martinsville, Texas, and, um, Phoenix that you know they're they're going to have to make some changes I don't I don't expect them to come to Martinsville this weekend and do any more than they've done in the past out there I, I think that they'll perform pretty good but when they get to um, you know a place like Texas um, they've got to pick their performance up and especially out in Phoenix when they get out there um, you know in uh, three weeks so um, from that aspect of the coin I don't I think a lot of people were expecting them to come in and compete for a win or compete in top five all day long. And we just didn't see that from them. We've, we've seen some other people starting to rise to this hop. Um, Chase Elliott, he's won his uh, 
third NAS, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series uh, event this past weekend there at Kansas. He was somebody that um, a lot of people probably didn't expect to get a victory in the this weekend, but, you know, it solidified him in that t- round of eight. And we'll probably, in, in most aspects, um, uh, I, I, I see that he'll probably be potentially in that um, final four when we get to Homestead at the end of or the middle of November. Um, and Eric Almirola, Kurt Busch, I think they're two drivers right now that need to either they're going to have to win events or pick up their performance if they're going to be in the round of eight. I mean, the round of four. Uh, Kyle Busch this past weekend, he had some troubles too. Kevin Harvick, um, he he led for a good portion of the race. The fours were fast again this weekend, but they just couldn't close the deal. Um, um, you know, at Kansas, they, they chase Elliott. You know, I, I think it's good for the sport. I think it's good for the fans that we saw in a winner such as uh, Chase Elliott. They're in victory lane this past weekend. It breaks up that top three that we've talked about pretty much all year long. But at the end of the day, um, there's some drivers that already have to get up on the wheel this weekend at Martinsville if they think that they're going to go to Homestead in the middle of November. I would agree, Stephen. You know, you uh, brought up a real good deal there. We always talk about the big three with uh, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr., and now we had Chase Elliott win. He won his second race this year, and that locks him in again to – well, I don't know if it locks him in or not. Uh, scratch that. But anyway, Stephen, yeah, uh, with uh, with Chase putting that number nine car there in victory lane, you and I, we have talked about it all year long, the uh, the uh, Toyotas and the dominance of uh, Stuart Haas racing, especially here at Talladega Super Speedway a couple of weeks ago. You've seen how they uh, – they lined up and they worked together, and that four car bunch pulled away. And they're really working for his team effort there. They were uh, trying to help everybody get the max points that they that they could to uh, to uh, move on. And with Chase Elliott winning there, it sort of breaks the Chevrolet into the deal now. Do you think Chase Elliott takes the spot of Martin Truex Jr. in the big three, or do you think we add uh, Chase Elliott to the four spot there with the uh, I don't know, trying to think of a second air part. The uh the uh the big four, I guess, bro. Um, I think that he he gets he gets to put he gets to put himself in a place. Um, you know, with that top three, Martin Truex Junior again, um just didn't have the performance this past weekend at Kansas, as I said, we've seen in the past. Or traditionally at these 1.5 mile racetracks that um, you know that team has uh, been really really good on. Um, you know Chase Elliott I think can break some of that mold out there and break into it. I think that he can make a name for himself and is already doing so um, with uh, kind of breaking that contingent up to some degree. Um, you know right now in the top eight there's five Fords. All four uh, Stuart Haas Racing machines are in this deal. Um, so, you know, for them, they, they have a lot that, you know, they're going to have to, that, you know, the other teams such as uh, Truex, Kyle Busch, um, Chase Elliott, um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to, they're going to have to, they're going to have to come up and do something to, to answer, you know, for, for the performance level that Ford has um, started really um, tracking this, this late in the season. And I think it'll put them on a path to, to, to the championship, both manufacturer 
and um, and uh, you know uh, drivers championship at the same time. Um, but you know with Chase Elliott coming into the mix this late in the season, it gives him an opportunity. I think that a place like well, I think like a place like Martinsville is a sure track. He's he's run pretty good there over the last couple of years. Um, I think that he could continue making that upward march into the top uh, four. Um, that will um, solidify him for Homestead. Um, so you know, right now I I think he's a hot commodity at this point. I think that it's good to see new blood like him. I like to see I like that Ryan Blaney. You know, earlier in the playoffs. He won the Roval event um, there at um, Charlotte. So for them, uh, I think these are two up-and-comers, and I think they're, you know, some of the future of the sport that we're already seeing, um, some of their performance levels already increased to a point where they are competing against some of these uh, some of these veterans in the sport, especially the top three. They're making a name for themselves where, you know, we can't count them out this late in the season. And, Stephen, let's listen to a little bit about what Chase Elliott had to say in the media center there at Kansas Speedway after he won the uh, the Hollywood Casino 400 there at Kansas Speedway. All right. If I could have everyone's attention in the media center, we are now being joined by our race winner, Chase Elliott, driver of the number nine Mountain Dew Chevrolet. Chase, congratulations on your third win this season. Um, just kind of give us a little bit of a summary of your day and and how it was to get that checkered flag. Yeah, it was a uh, just a yeah really fun day. Uh, felt like oh, I'll leave that alone. Um, felt like Friday and, and Saturday were were kind of decent and and wasn't real sure about today and started the race and the car drove really nice and we're uh, we're way closer to the competition I thought than than what we were yesterday, which was encouraging. And felt like if we could, you know, get some track position and get in front of some of those guys, I felt like we'd have a shot. And uh, obviously got lucky with Kevin's misfortune there. I wish we could have raced him straight up to see, you know, who was better. Um, I felt like we were fairly close to him that second to last run. It, you know, I'm not sure how hard he was trying or not. But, um, you know, obviously being behind him, I was working pretty hard to try to keep up and just be close if an opportunity arose. And, um, you know, luckily it worked out. All right, we're going to go ahead and open up to questions and start with Jonathan. Chase, uh, Alan was in here and said he thought you guys had a good shot at Martinsville, thought you had a good shot at Phoenix. Texas was iffy. You've had a chance to think about the round of eight since the win at Dover. Do you think you have to win? He seems to think you guys have to win to advance to that final four. Well, I think that needs to be the mindset for sure. I mean, I think every week has to be pressure-packed. You know, you have to keep the pressure on yourselves because – you know, if you were to make it to Homestead, you have to pretty much win Homestead, you know. So I think you have to have that mentality every week. You know, the points game is nice, I guess, to play, but really you just need to care about winning. And if you're trying to win and putting yourself in position to win, that's way more important than, than um, you know, just barely trying to squeak through. So having the ability to win and, and do it weekly and putting yourselves in those positions week by week is the most important thing. And if we can, you know, do that these next three weeks, I think we can give ourselves a chance. Texas, since they paved it, I would say has been the worst one of the three. Uh, Martinsville has been hit or miss, terrible. My first couple trips, had a couple of good runs there last year, was back pretty bad there again this spring, so it's been really hit or miss. Um, Phoenix had a good run there in the spring. Texas has been really bad since they paved it. So, um, you know, I, you know, just because you've had recent 
good runs at those other places doesn't mean you're going to be good when you go back this time. But I think that, uh, you know, I agree with them. I think Texas has been the worst one of the three as of, you know, late. All right, we're going to go to Jerry and then Nick and then Bob. Jerry Jordan, KickingTheTires.net, Performance Racing Network. We all know the story of Hendrick and where they were and where, they, where they've come to now, obviously. With, with you getting your first win, it's been kind of like you've been on fire since then. And then with two wins in this round, moving on to the Elite Eight, did you think that this would be how your season played out when, when it all, you know, either in the beginning or obviously, but throughout the middle week, uh, the middle season, or after your uh, after your first win, did you think this would be happening? Um, well, I, I I felt like as a team we were capable of winning and doing it often. I felt like you know, I believed in my ability to do so, and I believed in my team's ability, Alan's ability, and our pit crew, and the road crew, and the whole deal. I mean, that's never really been a question mark in my mind. You know, we started the year, and we were pretty bad. I felt like pretty off on speed, and struggling with handling, and, and trying to get our cars better, and I think we've got them better. I don't think we're where we want to be, or where we need to be, but I think we're better, and I think that the performance on track has just put us in positions to capitalize and that's been the difference, and we've been uh, just been in position more often. And if you can keep putting yourself in position, I think those are, you know, great places to be. You know, does that mean you're never going to make a mistake again? No, but you know, I think that you can go and and run well and run like we've been running. I think we can have a shot legitimately. Yeah, I mean it is, but it, you know, just because you ran good this week, that means next week's going to go good. But yeah, momentum's nice. Um, you know, I'd rather have it than not have it, but still at a pretty big points deficit behind the 18, the four, and, and some of those other guys. So, um, you know, we, if we just keep running with them every week, I think we'll, we'll, like I said, I think we can give ourselves a chance. That's all you can ask for. So we're going to keep the hammer down and uh, try to keep as much pressure on as we can and, and just see where it plays out. going to go to Nick. Nick Bromberg, Yahoo Sports. How much of a win, how much of a confidence boost is this win, knowing that it potentially, and also, is it potentially the biggest win so far this season for your championship hopes, knowing you have Texas and Homestead coming up, and you yeah. can beat guys straight up at mile and a half tracks now? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I wish you could have raced Kevin for it, you know, straight up there at the end and him not have his misfortune. That was, to me, you know, that was, you know, a nice goal to have. Obviously, I think he's been the class of the mile and a half throughout the year. Um, but just to run with him, be able to pace him, lap time-wise and be within 10 car lengths of him trying to get by him, I thought was very encouraging. So I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Um, Kansas is very different from Homestead, so very different racetrack. Texas is also very different. So, um, you know, I look forward to the next round. Definitely a, a big win. They're all big. I mean, the, you know, the road to Watkins Glen was so hard. And then the past couple of months being like they've been, it's kind of surreal, but you just have to appreciate them. I mean, you don't know when or if you're ever going to win another race. So I, I'm going to be as excited today as I've been. I'm going to enjoy it as much as I enjoy Watkins Glen or Dover. Um, the only difference is we go to Martinsville in four days and it's game on again. Bob? Bob Pachris, ESPN. Beyond the wins, how much more of a championship contender do you feel you are now compared to August 1? Um, well, I mean, like I said, from a from a mental standpoint or a team standpoint, I don't think we're any different. We don't do, we haven't done anything different approach-wise since I've been at Hendrick or Alan and I have been working together. The difference has been going through some tougher days, having some learning experiences and making our cars faster, and having those learning experiences along with making our cars better to me has net better results. So um, I think we have just as good a shot as anybody, and that's our approach these next three weeks.
go over here to John. Steve, I was Chase Elliott there in the media center at Kansas Speedway after he won the uh, the uh, Hollywood Casino 400 there. Just talk a little bit about, he mentioned a real good thing. And, Stephen, with him, with uh, Chase being as young as he is, he mentioned that he wanted to cherish that moment about winning because he never knows when he's going to win again. But I think that young man has a few wins left in him before he, before he, before he decides to get in a rocking chair, brother. Um, yeah, um, you know, every driver, I think, that has been in Victory Lane has probably at some point said that, you know, you don't know when or if the next win is ever going to come. Um, there's been multiples uh, and dozens that have gone to Victory Lane and they were revisited Victory Lane ever again. So, um, you know, for a driver to to win not only one race but two races but now three races in in, in the NASCAR uh cup series. Um you know that's you know that's starting to uh move on out there away and showing that you know you have the ability to win week in and week out. And uh you know you you look at Kyle Bush and Kevin Harvick, they each have seven wins this season themselves and Martin Truex Jr. only has four. Um you know, and uh, you know, for for Chase Elliott to come in there and he's won three already this season. Ryan Blaney, another driver that has won his second race, he won his first race last year uh, with Wood Brothers Racing at Pocono. Came back this year. Um, so you know, um, all some of these newer drivers, you know that I said I just said that you know the, these drivers are the future, and you know as 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 they say, and they've seen. Some of them are legacy drivers, such as Elliot and Blaney. Um, they've seen, probably seen their and their own dad say at some point that um, going to Victory Lane one time is special. Going back to Victory Lane, you just never know when or if it'll ever come. And to cherish each and every one of them as if it was your first. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's you know every every driver is going through this evolution of, of of just seeing how hard it is to win, and especially win at the highest levels of NASCAR. Stephen, with with all that being said, we has we we got a lot of a lot of breaking news. I'm gonna go ahead and play your favorite breaking news. We got breaking news to play race today. Stephen Ralph Spinway raced today's veteran Graves as the number six Cup crew chief in 2019. Uh, and to let some of our listeners know that it's gonna be uh, where Ryan Newman plots. Plops himself down. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? That's a that that's a uh, we're we're in silly season. Not only drivers, we got crew chiefs and everything else moving around. But you think that's a good move for Ralph Fenway Racing getting uh, getting Mr. Graves there for uh, uh, Ryan Newman there in the number six car? Well, I think it's a good deal because Ralph Fenway Racing. He's he's. They're, they, he's known to Ralph Fenway Racing. He knows how Ralph Fenway Racing operates. He was there during uh, Chris Busher's 2015 Xfinity Series Championship with Ralph Fenway Racing. So to get him back on under that banner is a performance boost that they're uh, that they really need. Um, he's been over there at. Uh, sorry, uh, Joe Gibbs racing for quite some time, so he can bring a wealth of knowledge um, back over there with them to, uh, you know, to Rashford racing, 
and hopefully pairing these two up together, um, you know, will bring them back to a performance level that they've been seeking for quite some time. Um, You know, for them, um, they've, they've missed, they've missed, they've missed a lot over the last couple of years uh, by no fault. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's the fault of anybody that's been there. Trevor Bain has done everything that he can in those cars. They brought Matt Kenseth back to, uh, you know, figure out what they're doing wrong and how they can improve upon, uh, you know, not only their cars, but, you know, their race setups and some of the other things that they're doing. And I think that's been a, a good good thing for them is to bring somebody like that back in. Um, overall, to get a crew chief like uh, – like Graves back over there for them. Um, I hopefully it's just a winning combination. Do I see them going and competing for a uh, Cup Series championship in 2019? No, probably not. But I see it as a performance boost for them to set them in the right direction. And Stephen, to sort of touch on what you just mentioned about Graves going over there with uh, Ryan Newman there, and Ralph uh, Spinway Race. As a whole, uh, you know, we've uh, – Greg Biffle has left. Uh, Matt Kenseth has left. We've had a lot of drivers come and go, and uh, Ross Fenway Racing has been on sort of a downfall here lately. They're not up to par with your Hendrick Motorsports teams, your, and especially now, you know, you got you got to count in Stuart Haas Racing as one of your prime teams now over uh, Joe Gibbs Racing and – the Toyotas there, but uh, what do you think Gibbs is missing, Stephen? Why are they not up to par like all the other teams? I mean, I don't know. I'm just fishing. I don't want to put you on the spot, but what do you think Joe Gibbs racing needs to And like you said, this might be a spark with him going after Ryan Newman, a veteran driver. I don't know, brother. Um. You know, every team, you know, it's an ebb and flow in NASCAR. What, what one team is you know, good on a run for two or three years, you know, is on a downward spiral for, you know, a handful of seasons. And a lot of it has to do with changeovers and crew chiefs, engineers, drivers, um, you know, all these things play into, you know, whether you're on the upswing or you're on the downswing of things. Um, as far as Jiggis Racing is concerned, um, I, I, I honestly that, with with them, they have a lot of people in their stable that um, needs to be on the Cup Series level. I think Christopher Bell is getting to that point where he should be in a Cup Series car. I but give him another year or so. Daniel Suarez, unfortunately, I think he's a driver that got moved up into the Cup Series a little too quickly. Um, yes, he was a champion in the Xfinity Series. Um, I think he's a good driver. I think that he can perform. I think that he can bring a lot to a team. However, I think he, he's one of those drivers that was moved up much too quickly in the series. And, uh, you know, when you're, when you're combating, uh, uh against, uh, you know, experience levels like that, um, you know, I, I, I think it, it takes time to develop drivers and, you know, Toyota is one of these that has uh, really set themselves out with a very deep pool of, development drivers all the way from the local levels to regional levels and to the national levels. You know, we're, um, Suarez, to go back to the Xfinity Series, I think for another year or so, I think he could develop more talent 
and more performance. He could run better on the performance level. Uh, Denny Hamlin, unfortunately for him, he's uh, he's coming to the end of his career, whether he whether he wants to realize it or not. Um, again, I think he's a driver that he can perform at, at, at certain tracks, and he brings a lot of wealth of knowledge again to the to Joe Gibbs Racing. But unfortunately, I think he or Suarez are about to be the odd man out at this point um, because you know with Martin Truex Jr. seeking a place in 2019, uh, you know there's a lot of talk about that 19 car, the seat in the 19 car coming up, and what happens with that is is that. You know, let's just uh, take the assumption that Trux does come over in the 19 car and Suarez is put somewhere else. Danny Hamlin becomes the odd man out. Christopher Bell is got is going to find a place in the NASCAR Cup Series one way or another come 2020, uh, whether both people realize this or not. He set his sights on. He said he wants to do it. He's hope he's he's okay with running another year in the Xfinity series, but eventually I think in 2020, he's going to be in that prospect for the 11 car. And, um, you know, Denny is going to be that odd man out. Unfortunately, you know, these, these all are performance based. We've gone to a performance basis of, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in NASCAR, you also gone to, you know, who can bring the most money to a seat. Um, but, you know, both have to play hand-in-hand hand into this, and I think this is where, you know, they bring Martin Truex Jr. over. Uh, Martin Truex comes with um, some, a, a, a deep catalog of sponsorship with him. Um, not that Suarez doesn't, because Suarez does has a, has a very deep uh, relationship with Juniper and with Arias and some of these others that have been running on his car. But, you know, Joker's Racing is looking to continue their performance and, and to up their performance and to get somebody like both Cole Pern and Truex underneath their roof um, is going to do wonders for all four of their cars. So they have to think big picture onto this. Um, and, and I think, you know, these are just speculations at this point. But, again, you know, performance and money, you know, play a lot into the sport and where you end up in this sport. Um, and, and for Joe Gibbs Racing, you know, they're looking, you know, while Kyle Busch has been, you know, they, he's he's won four events this year. Um, the other teams over there just have been very, you know, lackluster at best. I mean, Denny Hamlin hasn't visited Victory Lane. Suarez hasn't visited Victory Lane over there. So, you know, for them, um, they've they've got to make some changes. And, you know, um, the, the, those changes are going to be bringing the best talent in, in, in there, and that's just not the driver themselves. That's put, that's crew chiefs and engineers and all the people that have put um, Furniture Row Racing's effort on over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, that, that'll be a performance boost to Joe Gibbs Racing as a whole and just not a singular team. And, Stephen, like I mentioned earlier, we're in silly season. Uh, not only drivers, but crews, team. There's a lot of people changing changing their work scenario, going different places. Like you mentioned, uh, uh, Truex Jr., uh, they're going to shut down. Furniture Row shutting down their deal this year. Then let me throw this in the kink. You've got a driver from JD Motorsports in uh, Ross Chastain that has had the opportunity to get out of I'm not calling JD Motorsports equipment uh, well, but they had good equipment, but he had a chance to get into some better equipment there with Chip Ganassi Racing. You and I saw him there at Martinville Speed, not Martinville, at Darlington Raceway there uh, running really good, and then he won that race. And now 
he is probably one of the hot commodities far as a upgrade. I don't want to use. Uh, I probably shouldn't use Ross as an upgrade, but you throw Ross Chastain there in the mix. You can't throw him out, Stephen. There's a lot of these older drivers, like you mentioned, Denny Hammond, a lot of guys just getting ready to go out. Where do you think Ross Chastain, as a driver, if you was in Ross's head, what would you do far as filling out your next career move? Would you stick with Chip Ganassi, or would you look to further to further your talent towards somewhere else, if that sounds right, Stephen? Um, you know, for Ross Chastain, his, uh, his days at JD Motorsports are coming to a close. Um, he has done things with cars over at JD Motorsports that are outside of their performance level. Um, and I think people have taken notice to this. They saw what Ross Chastain was doing there at, um, at, at Darlington Raceway where he led over two thirds the laps in a uh, a, uh, a car owned by Chip Ganassi. Uh, unfortunately, him and Kevin Harvick, they tangled together, and that ended his day and his run for a win. But he came back a couple of weeks later, and he won in that car, in that number 42 car. Um, I think, you know, over the performance level that he had in those three races together, I think it showed that he can go and win or he can compete on a weekly basis, especially in the Xfinity series, uh, with equipment from from uh, um, uh, uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, and uh, for them, um, I, I think a lot of this was a you know a job interview. This was an interview to um, be put in better equipment somewhere. Whether Chip Ganassi picks him up and. 2019 or whether they keep with uh you know spreading that car over both Ross Chastain and John Hunter Nemechek who won this past week in his first Xfinity Series uh win at Kansas um and other drivers putting other drivers in the car in 2019 well you know that's remained to be seen um but you know Ross Chastain's days over at J- JD Motorsports is coming to a close people have figured out that he can wheel a race car um and he can keep his equipment clean, and he can do what he needs to do to go for race wins um, and compete in top three, top five. Um, so where he goes, I don't know. I don't have a, I don't have an idea on that. Um, it would be nice if Chip Ganassi just did back him, and I think there may be some support there. But um, for him, he needs a full-time effort and, and better, better equipment, and I think he'll get that. There too, Stephen. That young man can drive a hell out of a damn race car, and uh, he can grow a hell out of a damn watermelon too. He's a let our listeners know. The number to call is two one five three eight three thirty six eighty one. I'm Tim Spain talking about Ross Chastain with a watermelon. His family is a watermelon farmer down in South Florida, and he had made the quote. I don't know if he made it on our show. We've had it on. We we had him on, Stephen. I don't know if he made the quote here on our show, or he made the quote on social media, but. uh he did make the quote, if he can't make it in, uh, in NASCAR, he'll go back and be one hell of a damn watermelon farm. <laughs> Just let that go out there, brother. Uh, let's take a little quick break. Uh, I'm Tim Despain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen. We will 
We will be right back after this song, live from Dagan Nation.
We're back live from Duggan Nation. I'm Tim. It's Bane alongside us, PeeweeDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Woodson. Stephen's right outside of Richmond Raceway. And the way the crow flies, I'm 2.6. I'm two. I'm Stephen. I got the 2.66 mile on my. I'm eight miles. The way the crow flies south of the 2.66 mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. Uh, Stephen, I was fortunate enough to attend a media deal there today. Suzanne and I, uh, the the groundbreaking for the construction of the Talladega Super Speedway's new Turn Three oversized tunnel as a part of Talladega's transformation, the infield project. And what they're doing, Stephen, they are, uh, I sent you a bunch of pictures. They are uh, where Gate 90 is. I think I told you where Gate 90 is. Used to, when uh, the races were going on here, you had to bring the haulers, you had to bring your oversized motorhomes across the racetrack because they could not fit through the north tunnel or the south tunnel. And they began construction and groundbreaking today on this new oversized tunnel, Stephen. And the way Grant Lynch talked, I got some audio, but the audio didn't come out good. That's the reason I didn't upload it. Uh, instead of going to the north side of Gate 9, where the turn three is more banked, they come to the south side of it, Stephen. And I know you never went over to see it, but because uh, this massive facility, you couldn't see it from where you and I work. But they're gonna, uh, they're gonna have, they're they're gonna do this deal first, like Grant said. They're gonna get this oversized tunnel, and it's gonna, it's gonna provide uh, motorhomes, uh, some of your NASCAR teams, uh, you know, knock on wood that get knocked out early. Rather than waiting to the end of the race, Stephen, they can go through this oversized tunnel and get out and go about their own business. And that's just phase one of this big project here at Talladega Super Speedway, Stephen. Yeah, every every track. And, you know, I was, I was kind of surprised that, you know, when we went through those tunnels that you showed me and we went to both ends, you know, those look like the old tunnels there at Rockingham or they look like the old tunnels that run underneath Turner 4. Uh, at Daytona, there's not a whole lot of room to to bring a big old hauler through there. Uh, I'm surprised, you know, that they had not, you know, already done something like this. But, you know, at the same time, you know, Talladega is a track that hasn't really changed a lot with the times. Um, you know, they've tried to keep it as much as original as possible from, from the early days in, in, in the 60s when, when this track was built. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, every track is... Uh, you know, all the, all these tracks right now are going through uh, major upgrades or major changes out there. Um, uh, Richmond just finished theirs. Phoenix is underway. That will be finished in two weeks when uh, they open up. And Star Finish Line has moved there to the old turn two uh, in that dog leg. Uh, Daytona went on, under uh, a fairly massive project themselves, Darlington. Um, you know, uh, all all the tracks are you know, moving ahead, they're, they're making changes. Uh, a lot of this is in, in, in demand of what the sport or what the sport and competitors and fans have asked for for years. And you know, the track owners are, are responding to that. Um, just like SMI, they're, they're adding wireless, they're adding, uh, uh, cell phone coverage. They're doing other things with their racetracks to, uh, you know, uh, expand and, uh, uh, make them better for the fans and competitors. But for Talladega, uh, you know, that's a huge deal, um, as you said. Um, you're right. You know, you, you could you could be involved in a lap one accident and carry uh, 15 race cars. And, uh, you know, your hauler's got to sit in the infield for uh, the next three and a half hours until the race is over with to get out. And, uh, 
you know, this will uh, this will help those teams, uh, help those motor coaches, it'll help all, you know, everybody get out of the track uh, and get on home. And Stephen, like I mentioned, that's just the first phase there that Grant Lynch and the folks there at uh, International Speedway Corporation is going to do there. Uh, I, we could talk about this all night. They're going to do a big, uh, big open air facility there, and they're going to bring in the NASCAR garage. They're going to bring in 22 inside pit garages, which is going to be a part of that open air facility. They're going to have bars stores, all kind of stuff in there, and the fans are going to actually get to walk up to this four-foot chain link fence. They're going to get to lean over, watch the teams work on the uh, cars, and like you mentioned, Daytona Rising did this a couple of years ago. ISM Raceway, they're, they're supposed to be done by, because I know Russell told me he's going to Phoenix for this big deal right before Homestead, because you and I, we, we will be going to Homestead, but Russell's from Tyler Super Speedway Public Racing Director there. He's going to ISM Raceway, going to check out their big deal there. And it's it's like, Stephen, some of these racetracks, we're trying to get the fan experience. Uh, you've been around in sport long enough, like I have. Uh, if you do not have a media credential like you and I have, which you have a hard card and I have a track credential, to actually get down to there and see what all is going on and take pictures to put on our websites and stuff like that. The fans are going to finally get this at Talladega Super Speedway and Phoenix Raceway, which was the old Phoenix Raceway, ISM Raceway now. I think it's a big deal for the for the fans to help the fans come out, Stephen, and I don't know what it's going to cost to actually go down there, but uh, the fans have been harping on this for years. They want to get closer to the action. Well, here's your chance. And, you know, hello, come on down. Yeah, um, you know, we got away from that a little bit here in the sport for for a while. And fans got pushed a little bit farther and farther away. Uh, you know, we, we've always had one of the most open access sports. There he is. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, we we got away from it a little bit, but now you know these tracks have uh, they're they're responding to 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 the fans and consumer demands um, to reintroduce um, access in. You know, the chain link fence and walking to the garage are you know exactly what uh, Richmond did with their Richmond reimagination uh, reimagine. Daytona has done the same thing. So all these garages you can walk right up within, you know, feet of the car. Teams are working. Drivers are there coming in and out for practice. Uh, go through the garages. Go go through, you know, the infield. Um, get something to eat and something to drink. Go back to your seat. Hang out. Um, you know, the, these are all things that, you know, the fans and consumers have demanded and tra- tracks are uh, responding to it. Um, giving, again, more access than any other sport there is, you just can't go to the, you know, the baseball game or the football game and get the tour of the the, the locker rooms on game day. NASCAR is a sport where, uh, on race day, you can walk through the active garage and watch these teams prep these cars and push them right out to pit road. Um, there's no other sport like it in the world, and uh, you know these the 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 owners and track operators are you know responding to that. They're they're bringing it back again and. You know, it's, it's it's all in direct response from you know those fans that that want more access, 
and uh, a level of access that will let them, you know, interact with the teams, interact with the drivers, interact with, you know, the series themselves. Um, and, and on a level that um, is, uh, you know, there's something for everybody. There's everybody from your, you know, your your casual fan that, you know, just wants to walk through the garage or, you know, your your corporate entity that, you know, wants a guided tour and, you know, meet and greet with, uh, with uh, you know, their favorite, you know, NASCAR driver sponsoring or, you know, a suite or whatever the case is, you know, there, you know, there's something for everybody. And, you know, these, these, uh, these projects, uh, open up new avenues for, you know, everybody and just not your corporate entities. And Stephen, coming up this weekend on the NASCAR Xfinity Series, they have the weekend off. We've got the NASCAR Camp Royal Truck Series and the Monster Energy NASCAR Spitting Cup Series. are going to be there at your home, at your other home track there in Martinsville Speedway. And uh, the entry list for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series is 40, and also the entry list for the 70th annual, well, 7th annual first date of 500 uh, they they are maxed out too, Stephen. And will you be attending that event, or do you have anybody going? No, I'm not going to Martinsville this weekend. I was asked if I was going, but unfortunately, I've got some other plans this weekend. I'm not going to be able to get out to Martinsville. Um, I'd like to get back out there again. We're planning a, a, a trip in the spring and get back to Martinsville. And uh, it's been a while, although this I'd. I'd like to go back next year. I'd like to go back at the end of next year. I'd like to go to the big late model event they run on the lights. Uh, the, uh, the the NASCAR uh, Cup Series this weekend, first day to 500 on, on Sunday, will end at the lights. So we'll get a lot of racing action. We've seen a lot of action in recent years with... Uh, I think I hit the button. My bad, brother. Uh, yeah, that's all right. So we, we've seen a lot of racing action here in the past with uh, Matt Kenseth. Um, last year it was Danny Hamlin and uh, Chase Elliott getting together on pit road and some words exchanged out there. So um, uh, if anybody's actually in the area and they've never been to Martinsville, you got to go to Martinsville. Um, the other cool thing this year is, is that Martinsville's got uh, – they finally have a T-shirt with the famous Martinsville hot dog on it. Um so, you know, I, I saw them posting the other day. This is the first T-shirt that they've done with the Martinsville hot dog on it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad they did it because I'm going to try and get somebody to snag me one of those this weekend because uh, I can eat about, oh, I don't know, uh, a dozen on a weekend or so, and they're still $2. I know. I was going to talk about you and then Martin for hot dogs about that store, but I want to tell a little short story about here at Talladega Sewer Speedway. Uh, Suzanne and I and you and Anne Marie, we, we were sitting down outside here uh, of the Ken Patterson Media Center. We were eating, uh, I think it was catfish. I don't know if it was catfish or whatever we were eating. And we were sitting there talking, and I told you, I said, Stephen, I said, I'd love to have one of them marks for hot dogs. And Stephen said, Tim, if you turn around, Clay Campbell's right behind you. So I turned around. I said, hey, Clay. Hey, brother. Hey, hey, Tim. I said, "Uh, this right here is really good, but I would love, I would pay 
$100 for one of them Martinsville hot dogs to be shipped to me here in Talladega. And he said, Tim, you don't have to pay that deal. You don't have to pay it to be shipped. You just come on up. We'll take care of you. And just sort of let some of our listeners know how Stephen Wilson is in Martinsville hot dogs. Suzanne and I uh, ventured up, I don't know, a couple of years ago to Martinsville Speedway. And uh, we were in the media center there. Uh, I think Mike Smith was actually the PR guy there. My good friend, our good friend, Mike. Mike Smith and uh, Stephen said, I'm going to go down and get me a Martin for a hot dog. Do y'all want one? And I said, yeah, brother. I'll uh, I'll have one. I said, bring Suzanne and I one back. Well, Stephen Wilson, like he just mentioned, he can eat a ton of them. Stephen come back to the press box there at Martinsville Speedway, and he had a uh, – he probably should have had a forklift help him bring these up. He had a massive bag of Martinsville hot dogs. And to our listeners, just Steve, just let them know, I don't know what it is about a Martinsville hot dog. You cannot get a Martinsville hot dog anywhere else in this United States of America that tastes like that Martinsville hot dog, bro. Um, no, you can't. Um, I, I, Marie's been after him for years to get the get the recipe for the coleslaw, and um, I take them with just chili myself. Uh, but here in Virginia, Jesse Jones is the one that makes the hot dogs, uh, and uh, you can uh, you can go to the supermarket around here, and you can get the uh, Martinsville hot dogs. You can get them in the supermarket, but the uh, the chili they use and the uh, the coleslaw they use on them um, is specially made for Barnesville Speedway. It's proprietary and secret that uh, only they know, and you can't get it anywhere else. So, uh, you know, the the, the all-the-way dog out there with chili slaw and onions on it, um, you, you are not allowed, the cardinal sin is, you are not allowed to put ketchup on a Martinsville hot dog. That is a waste of a Martinsville hot dog, and uh, it is a cardinal sin to uh, put ketchup on one. You can get it with chili, slaw, or onions, uh, or all the way. But you cannot put ketchup on a Martinsville hot dog. It just doused it, Stephen. You cannot do it, brother. Anyway, Stephen, uh, I'm going to give you a break tonight. I've got the uh, I've got the uh, radio and TV deal for this weekend at Martinsville Speedway. I'm on, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and let... Uh, and let myself do it. Uh, Friday, October 26th, Camper World Truck Series practice. 12.05 p.m. to 12.55 p.m. No TV, no radio. Also, Friday, October 26th, Camper World Truck Series final practice. 2.05 to 2.55 p.m. No radio, no TV. And, Stephen, Saturday, October 27th, if you want to take over, or either I can do it, you got the floor, bud. Sure, I'll run this through. Uh, Friday, October 27th, out there, NASCAR Camp World Truck Series qualifying 10.05 uh, Eastern Time for them to uh, be uh, followed at 1 o'clock. Um, the um, Texas Roadhouse, 200 laps, 105.2 miles at 1 p.m. Uh, MRN has the uh, call on that one. Fox Sports 1 has the uh, television coverage followed by at uh, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series uh, qualifying for them for Sunday's first day of 500. And on Sunday, the first day of 500 out there, um, 
um, Eastern Time, 500 laps, 263 miles, first day to 500 around the uh, shortest track on the circuit, the Martinsville Speedway, the little paper clip in the southwest of Virginia. Last short track of the season, too. That's right, brother. And, Stephen, just let everybody know they can follow you out on social media and your website and everything you got going on, brother. You got the floor. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter. Um, we don't use Facebook anymore. Um, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Fans, y'all follow Stephen Wilson. Y'all follow myself, Tune to Spain. And uh want to uh, give a shout-out to everybody. Be safe this weekend at Marvel Speedway. Uh, getting ready for a good race. Clay Campbell always puts one on up there, and we will say good night. From Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim Despain alongside SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. Talk to you next Tuesday evening. When the night has come. And the land is done And the moon is the only light we'll see Do I won't be afraid Oh, I won't be afraid Just as long Should ever crumble and fall, and the mountains should fall to the sea. Do I want to be afraid?